Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. Hi, I am your host, Mark, and I am so happy that you have joined me for this episode. So last week, I was at the Kentucky Safety Conference in Louisville, Kentucky, met so many wonderful people, had such a great time. And so the next two podcasts I am so excited about are going to be interviews of people that I met and spoke to and some of the most interesting people. My first interview is with Jenny Marshall of DSI Work Solutions. They were preventative solutions for ergonomic and work stressors. So I'm really excited to share this interview and hope you enjoy it. So without much further talking from me, let's go right to the interview. Hi, Dr. Mark. My name is Ginny Marshall. I am a physical therapist. I am the CEO of DSI Work Solutions. Excellent. And so what is your mission at DSI Solutions? What is it that you're looking to do to help out the health and safety community? Our mission is to teach as many health and safety people as we possibly can how to measure their jobs, create documents that allow them to more effectively communicate first and foremost with the people that they work with and work for, and then as necessary with management, with insurance companies, with medical professionals, with anyone they need to interface with to keep their workforce healthy, well, productive, all the things that are going to make a healthy employment environment and a healthy community. That's great. And how do you do that? What, what, is it, what tools are you utilizing in your organization that helps you do this? So it's really fun. Um, we're teachers at, at the heart of it all. So we want to teach methods. So um, COVID helped us out a little bit with going beyond being in the classroom, you know, live traveling to all of the different companies that we serve, to all the different providers that we serve, to um, doing what you and I are doing right now, which is doing it virtually, doing it remotely in a live format, and even teaching in an independent learning format. Nice. So with, with education and a few tools of the trade, we can help safety people really become empowered with information about what their workers that they are entrusted with 
have to do during the course of their work days. Yeah. So I'm looking over at your booth and I see you're using some AI technology to really look at body postures and the pressures across the body. So how did you come about developing, like where did you realize that this is where it should be? This is, this is where people need to be focused. Well, I'm a physical therapist, and so for coming on 40 years now, my eyes were what I used to look at how people are moving, to go into a company, into a workplace, and watch people move and give them feedback. Oh, don't bend like that. we got to avoid twisting. Well, that's audio feedback, right? So as AI has come out, and I would like to tell you we developed that app, but we didn't. There are so many apps like that, and the one we're showing is actually free. Oh, wow. And so what it does is it creates an audio feedback into a visual feedback. So we just take a little clip of someone moving, doing work activity, and run it through that little app, and then an image comes out that shows where movement is safe, where it's getting a little bit questionable, and then it'll go into the red zone and show you where we need to make a change. All right. And it's just in a snap. Such instantaneous feedback. Have you felt that 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 instantaneous feedback has helped when when you're showing people exactly what they're doing with their posture and their body? I think so. They can identify with what they can see and when they can see it themselves. So the first step of any type of change is raising awareness. So, again, audio feedback helps, but it is not nearly as powerful as that visual feedback. Let me show you what you're doing. Now try that again. Now here you can see it's better. I have worked in so many industries where I've talked to people about ergonomics, and I've talked to people about posture, and they've got, I've been doing this for years and years. Who are you to tell me, why should I change now? I've been doing it this way forever. And I can see here where you can have that feedback. You can help make that change. Have you, have you had an example of where you bumped into that, that person who's been doing it for two years, and when you show them your, the pictures and the AI, they go, oh, well, that makes sense. I think I'll change. That, a little bit of all of that, Mark, because... Some people are just not going to change, okay, (laughs) unless it hurts. The greatest teacher of all is pain. That is true. (laughs) So if someone's hurting and you show them why and then they try it different and now it doesn't hurt or it doesn't hurt as much, now, now you got it, okay? But for people who don't feel like something is injuring them, we can take this across, you know, nutrition, overeating, we can take it across smoking or, or drinking or other habits that people will deny unless they see a good reason for change. And what we found is even with folks who don't have pain, if they can see it, then, then now it's real. And so now they're more aware, and it's that first step of awareness that's going to lead to the beginning of change. Right. So true. So, so true. So, yeah, it's one tool in the toolbox. Yeah. We've been having lots of fun out here today. We've been having people try I, balance tests. And I've seen you dancing. Tests. I've seen you with a golf club. <laughs> I've seen you lifting things. I, I keep looking over. We're doing a new activity every time. I know. Dancing was the one that was a surprise. But, hey, you know what? <laughs> I like, Function. Right. That. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> so I'm also really interested in... in 
you're telling me about some of the preventative things that we were talking about earlier of how almost looking at your jobs and predicting, like, where are the risk factors and who may be at risk? Tell me a little bit about how you do that. Well, we've talked about people and their behaviors, and we do need to tie it to jobs. You're yeah. right. So if we're going to get people to understand their relationship to the job, we also need to measure the job. So AI measures the person, but what is it that's causing the person to move or bend or do things that might not be ergonomically sound? So we will actively teach and help with measuring jobs and documenting what it is that people have to do as a part of their work. And then we interface that with what is the person safely capable of doing. And when it matches, we're golden. And when it doesn't, now we know what we need to work on. And so it might be making a change, an engineering change. It might be making a tool change. It might be rotating jobs differently amongst workers. And sometimes it's actually changing the worker. Maybe they need to be a little stronger, for example. All things that are possible to work on, either one or in combination, to help keep people, we like to say, safe at work, healthy at work. And if we accomplish that, that's a third of their life. That's going to have some influence. Oh, yes. Absolutely. It, it, it absolutely can. Yeah. So when you walk, a company calls you and you walk in the door, what are you looking for first? What is it the first thing that you look at and you go, oh yeah, we can help you and here's how I know why? Well, the, the, the way to start a relationship, and, the, and it's important to look at, you know, if you're going to work with an organization, with a company, it's, it's a relationship. And is it a good relationship? Do you have like thinking? So is it a company that really is looking for ideas and a new pair of eyes or a new measurement system to help them reduce injuries? And so we begin, I like to call it a walk and talk. Let's go on a plant tour. Just let's, let's you teach me about what your industry, your, you know, your particular plant is doing, and then I'll share with you as we walk and look what types of things we do that might help your organization. And so it's that walk and talk that starts to create the relationship and the, the conversation about, okay, over here, there's a lot of bending going on. Well, I'll ask, tell me what's going on, what's producing this bending, what is it the workers are making or creating, or, and then I'll learn in that way. And then I'll say, well, you know, bending is an issue that we worry about for injury potential. So how can we get them out of bending positions? Is there a way to get the work in a different position so that they don't have to bend so much? You know, ergonomics is a game of inches. (laughs) Every inch of improvement is a reduction in stress on the body. So what can we do? And then I'm not just throwing out ideas, I'm, I'm pulling those solutions out of the person that's usually a safety professional that I'm walking with. And so what I'm trying to establish is I'm not trying to be you, I'm trying to bring my skill set to you so that you're empowered by it, so that it's part of your success. 
as a safety professional. Oh, that's great. And that's fun. And then I can be me, genuine physical therapist, okay, and they can be them in charge of what they are in charge of for the organization they work for. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that coaching mentality. Yeah. If you probably know the answer, let me help you pull it out. Yeah, or or I need a little more information to really see is this is this a viable thing to talk about, you know, in, in terms of a potential solution. So it's usually when when there's good communication going on that you're figuring out, okay, we could work together. There there's something here. And then we usually start maybe with a small project, you know, and then we, we grow. Most of the companies we work with, it's a growing experience. We start by meeting a need, maybe a more urgent need, and then moving into helping them take it to the next level. That's fantastic. So. TSDA Consulting. Learn you, lead others. Traditional development focuses too much on weaknesses. They make you believe that the only way to find success is through improving your faults. Strengths-based coaching instead focuses on creating success through using your natural talents. Dr. Mark French at TSDA Consulting is an authorized Clifton Strengths Coach. Your customized report and a personalized approach help bring out the best in you and your team. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. What are you seeing as far as trends in the workplace? Like, what, what is it that is drawing employers to reach out to you now? Is it rising comp costs? Is it just a, is it a desire just to care more about their people? Is it, uh, I don't want people to be hurt? What are you seeing in the trends of, like, why are people now getting motivated to care more about the ergonomics for their people? I think especially since COVID, we are in an environment where employers have to have employees. There aren't enough to go around, right? We have low unemployment. We have more jobs than people to do them. Employers need to retain their workforce. They need them uninjured. They need them not to quit when they hire them. They need dedication and loyalty more than they ever have in a long time. There used to be a time, you know, if we go back 50 years or more, where there was this loyalty and careers. Today, that, you know, is different, but it's necessary for survival for so many companies. So I think that out of the need to have a viable workforce and to be able to have their product, that really forces the issue on, we've got to take care of these people. I, I was in a conference in Philadelphia a few weeks ago with the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. The biggest message is wellness. And not only physical wellness, but between the ears, wellness, our mental wellness. And so much more of a shift toward, we're not gonna force our people, but we are going to do the things that invite people to be safer, that invite people to have healthy practices. Um, and and so that we do create a relationship with our workforce that's going to keep them with us. And uh, so it's, you know, I've been around a few decades, and to see us circle, circling back to that, that emphasis on health and wellness. And we're a part of that, even though it's about preventing work injuries, 
Like I said earlier, we have people in the workplace 40, 50, 60 hours a week. We have a lot of opportunity to help them improve their overall health as well as their health at work. Oh, yeah. And I think that's driving a lot of what's going on today. I'm glad to hear that there's a lot more talk about mental health yes. as the total package. It is. And Very much so. What you said, it reminded me, in my very first job years and years ago was a night shift HR safety person. And we had had a new person that we had trained. And it, we spent most of the first half of the day training him. He had maybe an hour or two actually doing the work. And by lunch, he was back in the office going, well, it's been good. I'm done. I can't do this. My hands are aching. My shoulders are killing me. I'm out of here. I'll never do this again. And that's what it hit it's back in those days we would just call the agency and another person would be there the next and now we can't we can't afford that no and so you know if you go back even just five years ago there was a big emphasis on physical testing for hiring you know yes. hey job requires 50 pounds of lifting we're going to see that you can lift that 50 pounds and if you can't then we're rescinding the job off yep. well nobody wants to do that today because they don't want to lose someone who, even if it's just for a period of time, is going to be able to help them produce their product. Yeah. Well, there's a better answer, and that is, okay, don't rescind offers with your testing, but nonetheless test, and then let's help that person be successful. Let's say the job says 50 pounds, the person can only lift 40, they're healthy otherwise, well, let's hit a few exercises and let's, let's build up that person. Or if we're, we've got a lot of people that don't match the job requirement, can we change the job so that more people do fit it? So we use information, we use data that is specific to the particular type of work that the company needs the person to do to drive change that's going to help them retain their workforce. Oh, I love that. Because I, I actually have come from the background of where the, the testing is a yes or no. You're yes. either working here or you're not working here. I love the idea of using it as a opportunity to help someone become more with the workforce. So with that, are you seeing that from a mixed standpoint, are you seeing it's more of uh, helping the the employee get stronger, or are you finding a lot of companies are going, wow, maybe I do need to make these engineering changes. Is there a lot more opportunity? I think it's both. Really? I think it's both. Let's think short-term, long-term. Yeah. Okay, so in the, in the short-term, if it's feasible to get someone strengthened up in a few weeks, we can do that immediately. It's, it's fairly low cost. We can do that immediately. While in the longer term, we can do our ergonomic studies. We can vet out the types of equipment or tools or changes that may need to come. We can budget for it. And then that may come six months, a year, whatever down the road, that that change can be made. So I, I never say it's either or, you know, but every situation is unique. And realizing that there's value in both and that they can coexist is really yeah. important. So are you seeing in the post-COVID world that uh, companies are more willing to invest in putting in some of that capital infrastructure, even engineering infrastructure, to help their team be retained? Are you seeing that being uh, kind of the, the cause and effect? That I, you're think we're, I think we're ramping up. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good to hear that. It's you good know. to see that we're making that momentum change because for so long I, I felt like even 
um, even in my world, that there were times where it was just like, well, fix the employee. We're fine. The company's fine. Fix the employee. And that just, oh, that, that it felt so reactive. And I guess even from being a physical therapist, I'm sure you've got your fair share of seeing after the injury. Certainly. At what point were you, you know what, I want to get ahead of it. I yeah. want to be the person that's making the change before someone is hurt. Was there a, was there a moment in your I career where you were like, moment. I want that? I did. And that's, I was working with, you know, work hard, in the work hardening world. Ooh. Okay, back in the heyday of it. Okay, <laughs> in the 90s. I when, remember being there. Okay, so, and I worked with a lot of folks and and um, it was difficult. If we couldn't get good information about the job that they were going to be doing, I called it our shotgun approach. We just did every, we threw the kitchen sink at them. Let's strengthen everything. Let's increase performance across the board. Now, I'm not saying that's bad, but that's all we had. Then I had one particular case. I had a, a gentleman who was a city worker. He was an electrical worker. He had been injured um, coming into contact with electricity on a tall pole. Technically shouldn't have survived the fall, but he did. He and I worked together for more than a year. And he, I blame him to this day. I blame him for what I'm doing today because he looked, because we worked so close together, he looked at me and he said, you're the one who can get me back to work. And he, he wasn't going to have it any other way. He put me in some of the most uncomfortable positions as a clinician when we're supposed to do what the doctor said back in that day, you know, oh, yeah. direct access. And, uh, you know, raising questions that I never raised before on behalf of him. Long story short, we went out and went to a training area with the trainer so that he could show me that he could climb a pole. And that he could show me that he could swap a lasher. I had no clue what swap a lasher was. But he said, I know that I got to be able to do those things. And I got to prove it to my company. And if I can prove it to my company and I can prove it to my doctor, yeah. and he said, you got to be, you got to tell the doctor that I can do this. I'm like, oh, I've never done anything like that before. This is way early. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But, but we did. Okay. He climbed that pole. He swapped that lasher. He got his job back. And for 20 years... I watched him complete his career because I lived in the community. And I knew when he's putting up the Christmas trees and, you know, when he's fixing, you know, a line, I'd see him all over town. And then he retired on his own decision-making. He's my touchstone. He was my reason for saying, you know what? I got to know what my people are doing. I've got to. I've got to look at their jobs. If I'm going to make a difference, if I'm going to help get this person back, then I got to know what they do. And that was the start. I love it. I love it. So let's say someone wanted to get in touch with you to learn more about your process, more about your company. How would they do that? Well, they are welcome to our website first to to nose around. We've made a lot of things available to take a look at some previews of our coursework and so forth. So D is in dog, S is in Sam, I work solutions.net. Um, and then if you want to get in direct contact with me, 
you can reach me at our phone number, 270-245-1000, ask for Ginny. Um, or you can uh, email me at G as in girl, Halling, H-A-L-L-I-N-G, uh, at dsiworksolutions.com. Perfect. Thank you for being here. So Thank nice to chat with me. you. And uh, good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks for joining me on this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. My deepest appreciation and thanks and knowledge and fun that we had to Jenny Marshall of DSI Work Solutions. Just had a fantastic time with that interview. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for your expertise. Thank you so much for your passion around helping people not be hurt and such a fantastic time. So thank you again. Thank you for listening. And again, join me on the web, www.markafrench.com. And until next time we chat, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.